Brant, episode 22. I am freezing out here, man, and I'm not kidding. How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. Good to see you. Good to see you, too. Um, we obviously have, we've jumped off the hype train from episode 21. I have, I've personally taken my step off of it. Although, man, what a fun season to be a Michigan football fan. Did not go the way that we were obviously hoping that it would right out of the gate. Almost seemed like the game was over and just kind of slipped away early. Georgia dominated in every facet of the game. They were hungrier. They were better coached, better prepared, um, and just won in, in every aspect of the football game. Um, doesn't mean that there weren't some positives to, to take away. And it was exciting to be there finally on that stage for the first time. I'll personally be cheering for the dogs, like I said before, against Alabama, you know, come Monday night. Um, but it was just awesome, man. Just I like now that time has passed, like it, it was kind of like rough to swallow that pill, to be honest with you, like right, right away, you know, Bauer scores. And it's just, you know, they started steamrolling. And I'm like, oh, my man, just please put up a fight. And just it was just ugly. Um, but it, like, honestly, even the next day, I was like, I was kind of just at peace with things. So I'm like, man, what an awesome football season. Like we have not had a football season like that in years. So like, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. And I know we're going to talk about um, some different things, you know, upcoming at the quarterback position, talk Jim Harbaugh, but man, just reflecting on this season, you, you completely outperform expectations, right? Like we brand are like very, well, I think it was like episode two. We were the first time we talked about Michigan football, we were arguing about over under seven and a half wins and like etching out like, yeah, what's going to happen here or there. And then they go 11 and one finally beat Ohio state in a dominant fashion. They, they win a big 10 championship. They won some key games on the road against Penn state against Wisconsin. And man, just this team felt different. The energy was different. I'm like excited again about Michigan football. So yeah, it sucks. It, like, I hate that we we lost and we're not playing in the national championship. But if you're a Michigan fan, you've got a lot to be excited about. So, Brant, I don't know. Give me your thoughts. Just a real, real quick reflection on the season. Yeah, I mean, amazing season. I don't think anybody can argue that. Uh, deflating how it ended. And I will be the first one to say that I was completely wrong. Um, you said the word hungry. And they did appear to be more hungry. I am disappointed in the coaching staff uh, defensively. I thought they put our team in uh, bad spots and Georgia took advantage of it. Uh, we had linebackers covering backs out of, you know, that were split out wide. Um, just, multiple times. <laughs> yeah. And we didn't make adjustments. And, and that's something that I am keeping in the back of my mind for next year is Mike McDonald and making adjustments, um, whether it be halfway through a game or, or whatever, uh, it just seemed like he struggled this year to make on the fly adjustments. So something I'm looking for um, going into next year. And then the second thing, I think I was a little bit let down by Jim Harbaugh because we saw Alabama have the recipe to beat Georgia. Now we had a recipe that got us to that game, but I think the recipe to beat Georgia was different and he didn't pull the trigger on JJ and what he could do. Um, and, and I'm not saying that I would have done it either. I mean, Cade got us to where we basically were in that game, 
But if you know what it's going to take to beat that Georgia team, maybe starting JJ wasn't the worst idea. I mean, you saw the outcome of what Cade gave you pretty much. Um, so if, if he could have been the one to predict that, and you know, it's so hard to say, but, but I'm not the one that's coaching that team. So, um, but that's why Jim Harbaugh is in that spot, right? Yeah. You know, hindsight is 2020. I think that, that is, that. that is a very, like the thought of going, I mean, we've said all year that JJ McCarthy had the higher ceiling, but the thought of making your starting quarterback change after a 12 and one season, to put a true freshman out there. I'm not saying he couldn't handle it. I, JJ obviously looked good and played very well when he was put in. Sure, hindsight's 2020, but to make his very first start in the college football playoff semi, I mean, okay, we yes, we know what happened with Tua and Jalen Hurts. Like, yeah, like I, I'm well aware, but sure, yeah, that would have taken some major kahunas to, to make a move like that. I can't, I can't say that too many people were like banging the table, please start J.J. McCarthy. I think we saw, man, we named, that was my X factor. I said the X factor would be J.J. McCarthy, in my opinion, with how they used him. Now, they obviously should have used him more. We still would have lost the game. I mean, we could do this for for hours, man. We still would have lost the game. I, I totally agree with you, but I think that that was the key to staying in that game. His legs make it a different ball game just that being alone yeah um and so i mean if we we're gonna have two fumbles why have kate had the two fumbles you know it's just, like you said hindsight whatever but i think it was pretty clear from the first two drives that that wasn't gonna work all game long so um let's put that aside that's sour grapes right. whatever um and then i guess last point is um you mentioned the two uh jalen hurt situation uh the reason that Nick Saban could do that is because he's Nick Saban. The reason that uh, Dabo Sweeney was able to put Kelly Bryant on the bench and bring in Trevor Lawrence is because he's Dabo Sweeney and he's been in the college football playoff five, six times. Same with Nick Saban, whatever. So those guys have earned that right to do that. So um, Jim wasn't in the position to do that. So I understand it. Absolutely. Yeah, I I understand. I understand that too. Um, But we're talking a lot of like that, that move in particular, which I think is going to be a kind of a hot conversation and is going to be a big conversation right now for Michigan football heading into the spring and then into next fall is who's going to be your starting quarterback. I think to, to some that may seem like an obvious question. Um, but I think people are pretty passionate one way or the other. So you got Cade McNamara who, who took you to heights that you haven't been to in, you know, a couple of decades and then you've got your five-star JJ McCarthy who has looked every bit of what a five-star quarterback should be or what you would expect out of that not your Shea Patterson transfer not Joe Milton can throw the ball 195 yards on his knees like no nothing crazy like this kid (laughs) finally we had a quarterback that I felt like was pretty hyped up and he actually looked very very good so heading into the spring and into next fall you got a couple of interesting things that are going to play out, right? I mean, the obvious, the, the obvious scenario will be they both stay and they're going to have the meritocracy, which you know Jim Harbaugh loves, and he's not going to name a starting quarterback, and he's going to let them battle it out. And I would imagine that J.J. McCarthy would win that job. I mean, I would, I would definitely think so. Um, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Jim is very, very loyal to, to Cade, um, but the way – the way that game ended against Georgia, I think maybe 
with some foreshadowing for what was to come. Um, but that's if Cade stays. You know, and the other scenario is Cade McNamara tells you that uh, he's entering the transfer portal. And, you know, and, and I, I wouldn't be mad at him. I mean, I would think him we, – we've kind of talked about this already, but I'd think him on the way out. I mean, I, I personally – want it to be J.J. McCarthy. I think it will be one way or another, whether Cade stays or whether he goes. Um, but, Brian, I don't know what your thoughts are on how this is going to kind of play out and and and, and what you think is going to happen in particular with Cade McNamara. Dave, I think you're right. I think he's going to stick around for spring ball. Um, and I don't know what the transfer rule is. I think you can go to spring camp and you can transfer out through the summer and you can do all those types of things. So, if the writing's on the wall for him in the summer, I could see him transferring. Um, unfortunately, at that point, I don't think a power five would just open the door and be like, hey, you can be our starter now. I mean, maybe a, a really bad power five, a Kansas or, or something like that. Uh, but, you know, Indiana's going to have their job locked up at that point. Illinois probably will have that done. Rutgers, I mean, you're talking about these types of things, just these types of teams in the Big Ten that will already have their quarterback uh, situation figured out so if he really wants to start at a good power five his ideal situation would probably be to leave in the spring and bet on himself uh, and I could see him doing that he's that type of kid I think I think he's kind of like hey can you shoot me straight and just tell me is this going to be a true competition or are you leaning him 75 percent I'm going to get a 25 percent shot and I think Jim would tell him the truth I, at least I hope he would. He owes uh, that to Cade. He, he, he that that was going to be actually my final point of this. He owes the truth to to Cade, and and don't he he needs to be truthful of what this actually is going. Is is it fifty fifty? Is it truly uh, up in the air? Flip a coin and let's see spring ball. Or right now, Jim kind of knows that his guy is JJ unless he really messes it up and Cade takes a huge leap. Yeah, and I think Dave, he's not going to get any faster. I mean, athletes just don't get that much faster overnight. JJ's legs are what's going to make the difference in this battle. And I mean, his arm strength too. I mean, you saw the one he threw over the middle. I mean, it was just a laser. He can't make that throw. Yeah. Right. And and I think we texted about it at the time. I was like, that's nothing that Cade can do. Um, so I hope Jim is truthful with him. And I hope if Cade does transfer, he finds a good home. Uh, I hope it just doesn't come back to bite us because um, that will be the, probably the most hungry – player in college football if he gets the chance to play against Michigan <laughs> yeah you you got it and, and rightfully so I, I totally understand all of that so enough that's that's one huge storyline as we wrap up the Michigan football season um, just real quick as we're sitting here on Thursday night recording this um, you've had your players that you thought were going to leave in Aiden Hutchinson David Ajabo Dax Hill just declared just a few minutes before we started recording this um, you know, surprising one to me was, was Chris Hinton. We don't need to spend time on that. Just, you know, I'm just naming some of these guys that we're, we're, we're going to lose next year. Um, but, but there's a lot of talent there in that pool, um, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Um, we're going to have to figure out the front four. And I know Mozzie Smith is returning. They're going to have some other guys ready to, you know, Upshaw's returning too, which is great. Um, and you know, they, they, they've got some they've got some guys coming in right away too that are going to be really good will johnson five-star kid i mean we can talk more about that in the summer um, but i'm still optimistic very optimistic about this team um and man go blue all the way that, that was just an awesome season but as it was an awesome season brand it is the beginning of january and normally around the end of december beginning of january um 
for some people it's Christmas time for some people it's Hanukkah or it's happy new year's. But, um, in Michigan fan world, this is uh, Jim Harbaugh to the NFL season. And that this happens every single year. Uh, but right now it seems like, and we, we've kind of heard this before that they're saying there are true credible rumors that Jim Harbaugh and the Oakland Raiders have mutual interests and that that is a job that he would potentially leave Michigan for. Now you've also heard the bears. I've also heard the giants, um, but the Raiders are and and you know, he's been out to Cali before. Um, I'm sure that his family, his wife would love to be out there. This is probably a very enticing job. They're in a scenario we'll talk about shortly. They got to win this weekend to make the playoffs. So they're not super far out or in a rebuild necessarily. Um, Brant, what happens with Jim Harbaugh? Because right now he's not received a contract extension. Do you think there, there's something happening behind the scenes right now where Ward Manuel is working out a, uh, a large contract extension? I mean, Mel Tucker just got 10 years, $95 million. I understand that they beat Michigan, but uh, Jim just beat Ohio State. He just won the Big Ten Championship and just made a CFP appearance. Um, he's he's going to have to get paid. Now, whether you agree with that or not, or Michigan fan agrees with that or not, he's going to have to get paid or, you know, he's like, I, I don't know what the, or is, I guess like they're going to have to pay him or if the offer isn't there, or if it's another incentive laced contract, you know, do you think he makes this dip to the NFL right now? Give me your thoughts. Dave, let me touch on the Michigan fan real quick. Um, just because you said, well, whether you like it or not, if he gets paid, ask any Michigan fan before the Ohio State game what they would have paid him to win that game. You know, right. so let's not – it's all relative. So let's go back three weeks and think about that. You know what I mean? I'm sorry, more like six weeks. But um, the other thing is Jim has named his demands. He has said, go get me this, get me the NIL, um, get me the transfer portal – uh, leeway that I need as far as academia goes, or however you say it, academia uh, goes, where it's not as difficult for transfer guys to get into the University of Michigan. Um, and I know that there's probably a lot of alums or, um, you know, people that have graduated from Michigan that say, you know, I don't like the fact that we would bend the rules for a transfer athlete. Um, but the simple fact is, if you want to compete in today's game, this is what's happening. This is the real world, people. NIL deals are happening. Uh, you know, Bryce Young was making a million dollars last year and hadn't taken a snap, right? So uh, you got guys at Ohio State driving around Beamers and SUVs and all these great vehicles. They were doing that before NIL. <laughs> <laughs> Good one, Dave. <laughs> uh, anyway, you know what I mean? Like the NIL deal is something that Jim Harbaugh is really pushing for. And if Ward isn't bending on this stuff, I think he's going to chuck deuces and head to the Raiders, man. I don't know why he wouldn't. I know he's going to look for his contract, but I think his contract is the last of his demands. Sure. He, he, I, I really don't think he's really in this for the money. He wants to win a national title. And if Michigan isn't serious, shame on the Michigan football department and shame, shame on the Michigan athletic department, because then you're not committed and he was committed. So uh, I don't know what your thoughts are on that, Dave, but I think that's the main thing stopping this right now. What do you think? I don't know. I, I think, yeah, I've heard his take on the, you know, the, the transfer situation. A lot of it has to do with like Michigan, not accepting different credits from other universities. And it's just a, 
it's a mess. Um, but yeah, I, you know what? I, I think that without the transfer, I, with the transfer portal the way it is right now, I don't think that that is like the make or break of like whether Michigan can win a national championship or not. I mean, there are standard, like there are standards at the university that I just don't, I don't see changing. Like they've been here for years. Um, I don't know if I agree, disagree with that or whatever, but the bottom line is, is like, it just kind of, it is what it is. I, I think that Jim could yeah, win. Exactly. I, I think he could win here though. Like, I don't know what needs to necessarily be bent. Like the, the, they have the name, they have the brand. I understand the guys that they can't get, but I'm not sold on that. I mean, Kenneth Walker single-handedly pretty much won state four or five games. You have to agree with that. And if he can't get in there, what do they do? You know? So for me, it's like, you kind of have to start doing some things that way. And, and the transfer portal is a big deal to me. Anyway, I think, I think it's a bigger deal than maybe you think it is, but what do you make of the NIL then? Cause that is a big deal. Like you can't dispute that. That okay. is a big deal. The NIL is a, is a huge deal. And I, if I'm sorry, but if Michigan is like, has complaints about that or is, you know, looking at where, dude, they have the brand, like Michigan has the brand. They have the the donors, they have the money. (laughs) Like that's a better question for like Michigan state fan. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like the, yeah, I understand what you're saying. You look at, yeah. Ohio state and Alabama and like, yeah, there's a, there's a difference. I don't, to be honest with you, I think that um, <laughs> my true – like, I, I, there's a lot of truth to what you're saying. Um, and the NIL is a part of it. The transfer portal is certainly a part of it. I truthfully think that college football – and I don't want to spend too much time on this because we do have a couple of other topics we want to get into, the NFL, and then we got to start shifting into college hoops. Um, but I, I think that – one of the biggest answers out there that I hope we continue to talk about is expanding the college football playoff right now. College football is broken. There are three to four teams every year. And they're the same teams that are going to be there every single year. And that's why these kids go there because they want to win a national championship. They want the expo. The best kids are going to go there because they get the, the most exposure on the biggest stage. They can win a national title and then go in the NFL and get drafted in the first or second round. You expand that playoff and you start to, you'll start to see some of those five-star kids that just all want to pile into those schools and they'll still continue to do that, man. I mean, they're like dynasties at this point. Like that's gonna, it's going to be a long time to be able to take down those giants. However, you expand this thing to like 12 teams. Like if you can sell to a kid that you could get your team to the top 12 and make a run at this thing and take that, like you're going to, not all the five stars are going to go into the same place. I think you start to see the spread, the wealth, if you will. So I, I think it comes down to CFP expansion. Number one, for me anyway, literally spread the wealth because you expand the playoff and you have NIL offers for multiple schools. Why wouldn't they, you know what I mean? Like you can make more money if you go to a different school than go to Alabama just because they're paying someone else a little bit more over here. So I really think that would expand it, Dave. Yeah. Yep. So, all right. So let's shift into the NFL. Um, We don't need to spend a ton of time on on the NFL because I really want to get a chance to talk uh, college hoops with you. Uh, Cause I'm trying to, I'm trying to sh- shift my mind a little bit here from, from football over to basketball. So last weekend, the lions got absolutely destroyed um, against Seattle. 
and our Cowboys lost. Uh, and I know this is not a Cowboys podcast, but um, there were big implications about the playoff scenarios and who's playing who. And the Cowboys lost a key game against the Cardinals. And that was really uh, disappointing to see. But this weekend, we, there are a lot of key games. And there's also some games, too, where you got to be like, hmm, what do you do if you're a team like Dallas playing the Eagles? Like you win this game, you might be able to salvage uh, home field advantage, right? In the first round, you, you might lose that. Brant, your thoughts on just that game at first, Cowboys-Eagles, because um, the, the Eagles are somehow looking to make the playoffs. I don't know how, but they're here. So what, what do you do if you're the Cowboys? Uh, you, sit, you sit Dak Prescott at least. I don't think Dak should touch the field on Sunday. And whether whether you get the four seed or the two seed, I mean, you're still playing on the weekend. You're still playing at home. It's just a matter of grabbing the cards or the Eagles, um, which the Cardinals are a tougher matchup, obviously, but you still get them at home. You just lost to them by three at home. Um, and it's going to be incredibly tough for the Cardinals to beat them twice on the road. So, well, and, and uh, I saw that there, I, I saw that, you know, there's a million, you try to understand these scenarios and I'm like, I get lost in it after about two seconds of like, if, if this team wins and this team loses and this team wins by four points, like that's what it seems like at times. Um, but I did see that there's like a, out of all the scenarios of, I was specifically looking at a Cardinals page that like out of all of their scenarios of who they could end up playing 76% chance to play the Cowboys. So, yeah. I mean, that that's, they're, with all the scenarios and how they're going to play out, I thought that was kind of interesting because that's a pretty heavy, uh, heavy, he- heavy favorite anyway. So I don't know if it's going to change our matchup a ton. And to be honest with you, Tyron Smith is out. Um, Micah Parsons has COVID. Trayvon yeah. Diggs is already out for a, a non-COVID illness. Like I'm good on that. Like yeah, rest, rest your guys. Um, this game doesn't mean that that much to me. Let Jalen Hurts go out there and run for a hundred yards. I don't know. Yeah, we we lose we lose Dak Prescott. We don't have a chance against the Cardinals, so there's no point in doing that. So go ahead and and lay your cards down, and no pun intended, playing the Cardinals, but yeah. uh, lay your cards down and get the cards. So yeah. um, I'm I'm good with that, Dave. Yeah, yep, me too. Um, what about Chargers Raiders? That's a big one. Um, that's that's a win and get in, if I'm not mistaken. Um, is that that game is at the Raiders, correct? Yep, it's in Las okay. Vegas. Okay. Um, so what what are your thoughts on on that game? I have not had a chance to look at that uh that spread yet, but I'm looking down the sheet and I see that that's one of ours. <laughs> so we don't got to talk spread, but Right. Uh, uh let me just quick quick thoughts on that game. Yeah, let me just hit on the Raiders really quick, man. Like what a hot team and and what a team that can beat anybody. I really feel that way. Um, Derek Carr gives you a chance and, and he gets crapped on a lot, Dave. He's a, a damn good quarterback. Like he really is. Um, and they have weapons on that offense. So Henry Renfro um, doesn't get a lot of respect, but like, he's a scrappy guy, right? Like, um, whatever. Uh, but I, I will say that in that matchup, obviously, um, you said win and get in. The NFL does this better than any other sport. They flex their games to where it means the most, and that'll be the last game on the regular season, which is really cool. Um, and uh, and you get to see Justin Herbert on the other side, who just broke uh, the Chargers franchise record for passing touchdowns, which is like a storied franchise. So 
you get to see like a playoff game before the playoffs, which is really cool. And um, I, I won't give my pick yet, but I will just say it's going to be a really good game, I think. Who do you want to win that game? I want the Chargers to win. I love the Chargers, man. I think that's a really cool team. I like Justin Herbert. Uh, Eckler's kind of a, a underdog kind of guy. Um, and they like to put up a lot of points. And that's what I want to see in the playoffs. I, I agree. Like, I, I like Justin Justin Herbert could have been the Lions quarterback. Uh, we got Jeff Okuda instead. Yeah, right. Um, Don't go down that list of names. Right, right. I, I won't do that right now. Um, but, yeah, Justin Herbert is fun to watch. Eckler, fun to watch. Keenan Allen's another guy that's just, like, highly underrated. Um, like, uh, he's a stud. Um, yeah, they got they got some players up there, and they're just a fun – they're a fun team to watch, quite honestly, both on the D-line. Um, yeah, I, I'm pulling for them. But, but also, you know what, I kind of, like, don't mind either of these teams. Like, the Raiders, you know, they lost their head coach, as we all know, um, you know, middle of the season or so, and they just kind of just – kept on rolling and just kept hanging around. And that's kind of like a Derek Carr's kind of mantra, if you will, is like just kind of hang around and be good enough to to get some wins and make some people angry. So, you know, I, I kind of like that game this weekend. Um, but speaking of the Lions, uh, some kind of some big implications. They got the Packers this weekend, and the Packers don't really have anything to play for. So you're likely going to be playing against the – reserves the Packers by Jordan Love at quarterback I would guess um I'm guessing Devonta Adams isn't playing so the que- here's the question right the jet right now the Jags own the number one overall pick and the Lions sit at number two there's some drama that could potentially unfold here Brant just your thoughts on that one versus two battle this year um I think you're gonna I think you're gonna see the Jaguars lock that thing up this weekend um and the Jaguars are not going to take a quarterback we know that uh the Lions aren't in the quarterback business either so this will be a year where you don't see a quarterback taken maybe outside of the top 10 Dave uh which would be a rarity but um so I really don't think it's that big of a deal that they don't get the number one pick anyway you'll probably still end up with if you don't get your guy let's say you're going to get um, a guy that is going to fill a need for the Lions. Let's be honest. Um, and uh, if I, they got Hutchinson right now, like projected to him or to the Lions, but maybe that doesn't happen. Maybe the Jaguars really like him. Uh, it, I, you know, this is going to come down to who tests well in, in the combine and things like that. So um, I don't think it's a big deal. Either way it falls, Dave, what do you think? Yeah, I if, if as long as it let me ask you this because I did not look into this. I know we were talking Jags versus Lions before I answer your question. What do I think about that? If the Lions win this, and I don't, yeah, okay, let's say the Jags lose, what like are there implications that they can fall outside no. of the top two? So they're locked no, in at two yeah. or one. Houston has uh, four wins and they're sitting at three. So neither of the Jags or the Lions can catch Houston. Okay, so Houston is in the third spot. That's for sure. Yeah. You're on the yeah, record. Okay. Yeah, All right. Uh, they're like four and 12, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I didn't take a peek at that. So, all right. So with that being said, um, I, one or two. I don't really care this year then. If it's one or two, I mean, I'd like to have one just so you can get your guy. Uh, but but truthfully, the Lions, the, this is not a year where you've got a Trevor Lawrence sitting there where you need that number one overall pick or a Joe Burrow like – 
you know, I, I think that, uh, they'll, they'll be okay one way or the other. I mean, I think the, I do not see the, I don't, who do the Jacks play this weekend? You know? Yeah. The Colts. Oh yeah. And the Colts who have like everything to play for. Right. Yes. Yeah. So it ain't looking good. Um, so Jags probably get dusted, I'm guessing. Um, and yeah, so now I'm cool with it. Lions go get your, uh, number two overall pick, get Hutch or get Thibodeau. Um, don't mess this, don't mess this pick up and yeah, that'll, that'll be a, that'll be a season. So that'll be a season. Um, Dan Campbell, Brad Holmes, you, uh, cool with giving them your two Brant, and then we'll move on to college hoops. Yeah, I'm cool with Dan Campbell for sure. Um, And I'm okay with Brad Holmes too. And let me tell you, one of the reasons is, uh, I don't know if it was Dan Campbell or I don't know if it was Brad Holmes, but uh, Craig Reynolds, I mean, them pulling guys like that, that give you a performance like that, uh, that that alone, I think, bought them another year. Beating the Cardinals definitely did that. Um, they, They had the defense playing hard and inspired. Obviously, the talent gap was too much most games. But, Dave, I cannot believe I'm going to say this, but the players played hard for Dan Campbell. Well, like, <laughs> yeah, they, they did. And, and honestly, well, like, look I at I hate what... that mantra, though. I hate the mantra, like, oh, they play hard for him so he gets another year. Like, no, that's, that's BS to me. But let's see it with a little more talent, and let's see what he can do. Dude, this uh, roster was gross. I don't know any other word to describe it. Like, the fact that they got two wins, like, I would, I honestly thought that they were going to get like two or three wins this year. I think I may be on the record saying that. Um, that the roster is just really bad. No, I'm actually, maybe I had him at three or four wins just because I didn't think Jared Goff was going to be as bad as he was. I know he got a little bit better towards the end of the year. Um, but, this wasn't surprising to me at all. What was surprising was when the wins came and when the Lions did start playing better. Um, Dan Campbell's had his missteps all year long. And the thing I like about that guy is, you know, love him, hate him, get annoyed with him. He, he like openly tells the media when he screws up or thinks that he would have done something differently or wish he wouldn't have like called a draw play on third and 18. Like, you know, like he calls himself out and he's kind of gone through some growing pains as a first year, first year head coach. And my question all year, and I think yours was too, when we were talking in September and October and we realized how bad this was going to be, it was like, well, you're going to really see whether these guys will play for Dan Campbell or not. How are you going to get them up to play meaningless games in December when you are clearly like the worst team in the league? And he did it. Um, He did it. And and with a really, really bad team. And not just a bad team. Dude, they had injuries, COVID, you name it, dude. He's, he's Craig Reynolds. They, I don't know if he's like Joyke Bell's cousin or what was working at Ford field, but like, dude, like you got to give him credit and give, you know, give Brad Holmes credit too. go, go through their last draft. Even guys like Derek Barnes who who came along, like he did a good job. Now uh, on whatever, however you say his name owns way. He's got some, he's got to be better outside of him. Brad Holmes oh. drafted well. And uh, yeah, um, and, is that Aurier one of his picks? Aurori. Uh, no, no. Um, the cornerback? The, no, I don't think that was one of his picks. He wasn't a rookie this year, was he? From I, I don't know. I no. thought maybe he was, but maybe he's a two second Penn State year. kid? Yeah, the Penn State kid. Yeah, no, I, I think he was a 2019 guy, I believe, anyway. Um, right. But 
Uh, but, but anyway, you, you gotta, you gotta like, you know, the guys that, that he drafted and Penny Sewell came on as the year went on, he ended up actually in the second half of the season, I think, uh, pro football focus graded him out as one of the best tackles in the league. So like, yeah, I good year, year one, I'm cool with it. Let's, let's move on to, to year two. Um, all right, Brant, what I really want to get into is because it has all been football, football, football. Um, we also have got to start talking college hoops and I was obviously way too optimistic about Michigan basketball heading into the year. And I got caught a little bit. I got caught slipping because what I'm not used to as a Michigan fan is getting these five-star kids. And when I was looking like initially you're getting Eli Brooks back, which was huge. You're getting Hunter Dickinson back huge Brandon Johns experience couple that with the fact that you've got Caleb Houston five-star kid who was projected to be a top 10 pick uh in the in the uh NBA draft you know this uh this summer and then you also get Musa Diabate and another five-star kid and I'm like man you've got experience with just straight talent coming out of high school. Like I'm not used to this as a Michigan fan. Like I'm used to guys sticking around for a few years, getting a lot better and just playing really good basketball and playing winning basketball. And that's why we've been good for so many years. Michigan um, is obviously struggling right now. And Michigan state is certainly outperforming what people thought that they would be doing. Michigan, Michigan state clashed this weekend on Saturday um, at Chrysler arena in Ann Arbor. Um, Brand out of the two of us, you are the diehard, like I, I'm diehard Michigan basketball fan, uh, but you're diehard college basketball and Big Ten hoops fan. And so what I've what I'm gonna ask you to do, I'm gonna turn the mic over to you in a second, is for listeners that are tuning in that are like, okay, let me put football season behind me, like college football season in particular. What's happening in college hoops right now in the Big Ten? Um, in particular, like where do teams stand? Who's on top? Who's been a surprise? And then I want you to give me uh, the state of Michigan and our two teams um, as we head into this weekend. So first of all, the Big Ten. Where are things at right now in the Big Ten? Well, I mean, the Big Ten, you look up and down. It is actually a pretty good year right now for the Big Ten across the board. They had a really good non-conference showing across a lot of different tournaments. Um the Big Ten has actually um, has been kind of a surprise for everyone this year uh, compared to other conferences. So that's that's important to understand first and foremost about the Big Ten is that it's kind of reigning supreme right now, as it has the last few years. It hasn't produced a national championship in a long time, but it is um, it is the premier conference, if you ask me. Um, as far as the state of like who's surprising or who's come out and, and did their thing. I think Ohio state has been a really, a really good team and they've beaten good teams already. So um, if you look at their resume, that's a really good team right now. Michigan state obviously has had a, um, a really good start to their season. They lost to Baylor, which is the number one team in the nation right now. Um, And that was one of their losses and the other losses to Kansas. So, um, and they're not playing in the big 12. So, good for them. (laughs) But I mean, that's probably the top two teams in the big 12. So, um, and they have key wins already, Dave. Uh, And they've already glided through the first four games of their big 10 schedule. 
um, sitting at 4-0. and And let me tell you, they haven't played a lot of good teams in the Big Ten yet. This weekend will be their barometer. Um, it's a rivalry game. It is on the road. And say what you will about Michigan right now, um, they will come to compete on Saturday. I can guarantee you that. Juwan will not let them not compete on Saturday. So Michigan went through a little COVID drought here last week when they played Rutgers. That game was UGLY, man. That was bad. And it was ugly for multiple reasons, but I think missing five guys really um, really took its toll on, on the depth of that team against Rutgers. And Rutgers is a good team, man. Uh, and people probably aren't used to hearing about Rutgers basketball, but that is a very uh, – it's a very experienced team at this point. They have guys like Geo Baker and Ron – um, Ron Harper Jr. and um, Mulcahy. So th- they have a very experienced team. But as you look around the rest of the Big Ten, um, a team like Wisconsin, man, they had a uh, – I, I want to say his name is, um, man, Jared Davis, something like that. Uh, Johnny Davis. I'm sorry, it's Johnny Davis. Johnny Davis, anyway. and he's projected like a top five pick now. Yeah, Johnny Davis, who dropped like 37 um, just the other night uh, against Purdue and basically um, took that entire game over, which was awesome. That was a great game to watch, for one. Um, But you look at the other thing, is Purdue struggling right now like Michigan? So no one is saying Purdue's a bad team right now. The only reason they're saying Michigan is a bad team is because they lost a couple non-conference games, like the UCF game. in the Seton Hall game, but I think you'll see that those teams will actually turn out to be a lot better than people think. And Michigan really has to start turning that corner, and it starts this weekend, man. So, um, it, really, the Big Ten is off to a great start. And if you are a, a college hoops fan or, or you just want to tune in for March, um, I know Dave and I will be breaking down a lot of college basketball, um, more or less about the Big Ten, but definitely we'll do some large landscape uh, college basketball stuff. Yeah. So thanks for that. That, that kind of gets everybody up to speed, uh, you know, where we're at in terms of big 10 basketball and obviously got a big game. Got, if there's any game for Michigan to, to win, to get this thing back on track, it would be this weekend. It's going to be a, a very tough game. Um, Brant, let's talk that, that specific game for, for a second here. So Michigan, you know, we, we, there's no secret to any listeners to the show that we are Michigan fans, but we cover both Michigan and Michigan state. Um, and so my, I'm not going to do the keys to victory for Michigan state, uh, right now. They've clearly been the, the better team. Michigan has an uphill battle right now. Um, but a winnable, like, I, I think you're absolutely right. Like they'll be ready to play. They're not just like some like scrubs. Like they've had, no, a, they're not a bad, no, they're, no. They're not, a not talented team. Let's, let's get right. that. They're right. a talented team. So, so what does Michigan need to do on Saturday? Like two to three things that that from what you have seen so far this season and how they match up against Michigan state that could, that could potentially put them over the hill to win this game. Give me, what are a couple of key, key points? Two things, Dave, and they have nothing to do with being talented. They have everything with one bring defensive effort, start there. Things will roll for you offensively. If you bring defensive effort, it's, it's magical how it works is when you get stops, you end up getting points. Um, and then two, just please be focused. 
The turnovers, I've seen enough of it. Us as Michigan basketball fans over the years under John B, even Jawan was really good last couple of years about eliminating turnovers. We haven't really been a turnover prone team for the last 15 years. Um, so please do those, those two things and, and you have a very good chance of letting your talent shine. Bring defensive effort and remain focused and don't turn the ball over. Um, you do those two things uh, and, and the rebounding becomes easier. The scoring becomes easier. Dave, I say this all the time watching college basketball. If you lose because you can't shoot the ball, then that's okay, man. The other team's going to hit shots and you're probably going to lose, and that's okay. When you give a piss-poor effort, that's when I can't watch it. And that's when it becomes, like, as a fan, just disheartening. So we'll look for those two things, man. Okay. So what about X Factor? One player on Michigan that you feel like needs to step up in order for them to win this game? All right, Dave. We're going to rely on the – the senior Brandon Johns. So um, him getting back in the lineup, I think he's an X factor player because he, he can be an energy guy. I think we know at this point, what we're going to get from Dickinson, what we're going to get from Brooks, what we're going to probably get from DJ at the point. Um, and probably what we're going to get from Diabate. And I think Brandon Johns needs to realize his role on this team. And what he needs to do is be that glue guy, be the energy guy, when he's open, he needs to shoot the ball. Um, even if he doesn't make it, I'm okay with him taking open shots. And he is like a hustle dude. He can he can jam it. He can block you. Like, he can take charges. Like, he's that type of player where you've been in the program so long. This is your time to shine. And it and hasn't been, though, and that's been frustrating. <laughs> I, and I, that's why I think he's the X factor, Dave, because who yeah. has shined? Brooks has shined. How long he's been in the program? Dickinson, second year in the program, shining. It's just you have to be that glue guy to let the others go around you. Caleb Houston is a shooter. Let him be the shooter. Um, DJ is a facilitator. Let him facilitate. So it's about finding our roles. And as soon as Brandon John steps into that role, I think we are going to be way better off. Yeah, I do. I, man, you, you know, I've we've texted like I, I'm not pinning anything on a on a true freshman, but Caleb Houston for me is like he's got to like I understand he he is a shooter, but he is not shooters go in hot and cold streaks, right? He strung together a few games where he, his shooting was starting to come together and knock down the three ball. It's been atrocious lately, um, and he just he seems at times where like if they put like a like a six, six or six, seven guy on him. He's just, is he not physical or not like the athlete that I kind of like thought he was? Cause he seems like he often is like not holding his own or he's just like making silly, like careless mistakes, even at the rim. He, he coming out of high school, Dave, that was the knock on him is that his defensive paralysis. It wasn't good, man. It just, they said that he can D up, but like a lot of times he doesn't um, pure shooter. Uh, can get to the rim and finish. And he does. Um, but I think he's adjusting to college basketball life. This is a guy that really could have benefited from a year with Isaiah livers from a year with Franz Wagner. He would have just, I think been a sponge and been able to soak in how those guys operate and what they do to get buckets. And unfortunately there's no one to show him the way. And that's where we become so freshman dependent this year that we're on the bubble. Yeah. And that, that's like, what's been the transition for me or like having to get used to is like 
Caleb Houston and Musa Diabate are very good players that, that will be very good. I do think that they're kind of being asked to do too much right now um, and to and they're just not ready for that role yet. And hopefully that will happen soon. I mean, with the five-star kid, like true talent like that, like you would think that they're going to start kind of coming into their own a little bit. I do wonder about like the, the spacing a little bit with Diabate and, and Hunter out there to get, and I don't know what your other options are. Like that is your bet. Like Musa at the four Hunter at the five. Um, I almost see, it seems to me that like Musa seems like a five to me, you know, in a way. Um, and they're just their spacing that they have on the floor together is just not, it's not gelling well for me. Um, and, and, and it seems like when, when Musa goes down lower onto the block, then, then when Hunter goes out and he's taken, he has, he's the better shooter of the two. We've seen Musa knock down shots, um, but him taking like long twos or like, I just, Something's weird about work. them playing together, man. Yeah, no, I, I and I don't mean that it doesn't work. Like, Diabate and Hunter Dickinson will work together. It's just a matter of you nailed it, Dave. One of them has to be the stretch four, and right now it seems like that's got to be Dickinson. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, he's got to look for his shot, and it can't always be threes. Okay, la- last question, and then let's go into the bets. Who on Michigan State right now gives you the biggest cause for concern? <laughs> It's funny that you asked that because it's it's literally their best player right now, Gabe Brown. Oh yeah. Um, and don't and leave him open, please. Do not, yeah, do not leave him open. Um, and he gives you cause for concern because he's that vet guy. Like he knows what to do. He has been in Tom's doghouse. He knows how to stay out of the doghouse, which is most importantly. Um, he gives you great cause for concern as well because he's now a slasher. Like he will go to the bucket on mm-hmm. you. And if you leave him open on the left side of the wing, we're not a big numbers program here, but he's hitting like 60% right now. Like he will crush you. Um, I think if you can take him out of the ball game, you can neutralize kind of the down low marble Bingham situation, then you'll be just fine. I, 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 State doesn't have these mad athletes everywhere. This isn't Jackson Bridges Winston out here. It's not. So if you do two things, Dave, what are the two things? Defensive effort and laser focus on not turning the ball over. Right. And, and Which they did over. a better job of too at Rutgers, actually. They, they did. They just they were outmanned, really. Yeah. I mean, when you're missing five guys and you got a glue guy like Terrence Williams that's that's missing out there, they could have gave you great minutes guarding Ron Harper. It just sucks. Yeah. So Ab- uh, absolutely. Okay, cool. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. And you're, you know, like I said, I'm tuned into Michigan basketball, but you're tuned into everything. So I appreciate your insights and we'll, we'll lean on you heavy here over the next couple of months as we um, shift gear into to college hoop season. So Brant, let's wrap up here. Episode 22 with the bets as always, and let's get on out of here. Cause I literally cannot feel my fingers right now. <laughs> All right, Dave. So let's start with that Raiders. Um, let's start with that Raiders chargers game. Uh, I got Chargers at Raiders. Raiders are getting three. Playoffs on the line. I'll take the Chargers. I, I, I think Justin Herbert is ready for this moment. I will take the Raiders. Um, Derek Carr's been doing it all year. He's done it without John Gruden. Uh, the guy is just, I hate to say this word too, he's a gamer, right? Like, I think he just has enough to get them over the hump. It's at home. I think that gives them a big boost. Um, give me the Raiders. Uh, Seahawks at Cardinals. I got this one in here because the cards are, you know, 
they have to they they kind of have to win this game i think to get some momentum going um so uh six and a half cardinals at home i'll take the seahawks i i think i just think that um the yeah the, the cardinals obviously just won a really big game um if they lose it doesn't necessarily like have dire consequences oh. to them so i just got like momentum in general yeah mo- momentum um I, I think the, the the Seahawks maybe have a little bit more to play for, although they're not in the playoffs, just of salvaging. Like, is what are they going to do with this Russell Wilson situation and DK Metcalf and that mess of, like, I, they, they looked a lot better against a very poor Lions-depleted team. Um, but I'll, I'll take the Seahawks. All right. I will also take the Seahawks. That was my little sleeper pick I tried to sneak in down there. Uh, I, don't, I won't take them to win outright, but maybe they lose by a field goal. Fair enough. Um. 49ers at Rams. Dave, can you give me Sean McVay's record against Kyle Shanahan? No. All right. One and five. So there you go. Good. You heard that, <laughs> you, Gage? You heard that. It's you know, Gage is a good. Niners fan. It is not good. Kyle Shanahan has owned the Rams, uh, including this year. They beat them handily at home. So uh, Rams getting or giving away four and a half. Matthew pick six Stafford against a really strong pass defense uh, with the 49ers. Man, the only the only hesitancy I have is the Jimmy G situation there at, at quarterback, but he's been just good enough. Debo Samuel is a is a stud. You got George Kittle there. Elijah Mitchell, I believe, is still healthy. Um, I like the 49ers here. I I would take them plus four and a half. Now, I don't know if they win outright, but I, I think that they are going to come to play. Um, and and Matt Stafford and the Rams are going to have to show me that that they're for real right now as they as they head into the uh, head into the playoffs. So uh, give me give me the Niners. Give me the Rams to cover. I think it's a, I think it's a close game. I think they get a touchdown late or maybe it's a six point game. Uh, I'll, I'll take the Rams at home uh so yeah that. all right well i'm taking the niners for you gage that's like your fourth shout out this episode so all right brant that's episode 22 in the books my friend um have a great one we will be back next week and i'm guessing that our you know we'll probably set aside unless there's some breaking news on jim harbaugh and the michigan situation we are we we will probably shift into NFL playoffs and be talking college hoops, which I'm really excited about. Have a little change of focus here. So looking forward to it as always. Thanks, man. Be well, be safe. I will talk to you soon.